everybody. I'm Sasha Feiler. I'm Stephen Cohen. And this is... Shut Up, I Love It. A podcast where our guest comes on to champion a part of the culture that is under-liked or under-seen. Or under-appreciated. Under-where. Yes. And joining us today... She is an actor and, and writer. writer. Well, we're going to just say it at the same time. <laughs> Who, <laughs> Who you may have seen on the UCB team. Characters will come funny or die in the viral series Girls Are Assholes. And most recently as Deb on the Facebook watch show Queen America. With Catherine Zeta Jones. Period. <laughs> she is Cat. Hughes. Hello, Kat. Hello. Thank you for joining us today, Kat. Oh, man, thanks for having me. So, Kat, what underappreciated part of the culture are you here to talk to us about today? Okay, we are going to be talking about the 1996 classic Biodome. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Biodome, yeah, starring Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin. Oh, yeah, baby. As a couple of dum-dums. Unapologetic, like really dumbasses, which I do like. Like mm-hmm. there's just oh man, yep. they don't even pretend to be anything but dimwits. No, well, and I don't even know if they realize they're dumb. No, they're just having a great time. Mm-hmm. They're just loving life. Yeah, mm-hmm. they get trapped in the titular bio dome, mm-hmm. which is a closed ecological system designed to <laughs> show that mm. we can fix the planet there's a loose relation that uh this is going to be something that they're going to use in space that comes up a couple times that's right so the lead scientist dr nolan faulkner played by william atherton who you may recognize from ghostbusters or really the sugarland express yeah. so such a good Ooh, actor sure. um wow. he does say that like this is an experiment of ways that they could colonize mars does he say mm-hmm. and he's a rocket scientist Right, which is like an additional credit, I think. (laughs) Right, because these are two different types of science. Absolutely. Uh, Ecological science and rocket science, while both science fields, very different, I would think. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got to be the smartest person on the planet at that point. Yeah, I think that's that's why he was picked to, you know, rule the (laughs) biodome. So he sets up this experiment with... uh, three other four other scientists mm-hmm. uh, two of them are mm-hmm. extremely gorgeous female smoking hot scientists uh, doctor well and this is interesting dr petra von kant mm-hmm. in the strangest fassbender reference i've ever seen in a movie mm. are you familiar with that uh fassbender movie oh the bitter tears of petra von kant oh my god what? now it makes total sense I'm <laughs> was like, that before this movie oh what are this, we so this was about? decades so Ra- 70s right? rainer War- Werner fassbender is you know this oh, uh, famous like an asshole. <laughs> well this is fassbender right so oh He's a kind of provocateur, art house German director from the 70s. Um, Yeah, I'm talking about Biodome, so obviously I don't know this person. (laughs) Well, but apparently someone, Someone the writer of Biodome, (laughs) uh, must be a big fan because that's the only reference point for that name. Well, doesn't somebody have some accents going on? Well, the Russian model scientist, like what, would you think that's like a a vaguely Eastern European That is the character Mimi Simpkins, played by Mm. Dara Tomanovich. I was thinking more of the bug person, the entomologist. That guy? Did that is, this is T.C. Romulus, played by Kevin West. 
I don't think he has an accent. I think uh, the only accents are Kylie Minogue as Dr. Petra Von Kant. Which I thought was fake, mm-hmm. and then I realized it was Kylie Minogue. I was like, nope, it's real <laughs> accent, whatever she's doing. And yep. uh, I do think Dr. Mimi Simpkins is supposed to be American, because mm-hmm. a lot of that actress's dialogue is ADR over. Oh, she, it is. Yeah, it is right? American. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But clearly she is not. Right. <laughs> Derek Tomanovich. Rounding out the cast of scientists is a, is a third woman who is not on the cast list that She's we're looking not. at. That's terrible. <laughs> She's the only black person <laughs> yeah. in the biodome. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We'll find her name. I'll find her name. But uh, yeah, these two doofuses are looking for a place to pee on Earth Day. They've been mm-hmm. tricked out of the house by their girlfriends, played by Joey Lauren Adams and Teresa Hill. And uh, they sneak into what they think is a mall, but is actually a biodome, and they get trapped in there for a year. A security guard does try and stop them from going into this mall that they think they're going into. And uh, as a distraction, Polly Shore creates a false flag assassination attempt um, mm-hmm. that allows them to sneak in and urinate in a rainforest. Yeah, right when the uh, you know initiation of the biodome is happening. Not the last explosion of the movie. A lot of explosions no, in this. It's action-packed, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kat, we've run down the general premise of the film. It's funny hearing that back. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Biodome that you love? Oh, well, many things. Um, but I would say the underlying thing of why I love this movie is you have these two idiots. They're so dumb. But the movie is so playful, like they're so weird together. And I'm just like, I got a real soft spot in my my heart for dum-dums, you know? (laughs) I love it. I love all the dum-dum pairing movies, Dumb and Dumber. Another movie that you suggested for our podcast was Dude, Where's My Car? I love Dude, Where's My Car? But everybody loves that movie, so we didn't do it. I know one of the aliens, personally. He is my... freaking kidding me? Zoltan. No, no, no. no. So those are the cult members. The aliens are the keepers of the continuum transfunctioner. Oh, yeah. They're like... Now that's a German. Those are... Norwegian. My chiropractor. He's a great chiropractor, guys. The chiropractor was one of those... LA yeah. is so weird. I just want to drop in the the actress who portrays the final scientist in the film, Olivia Biggs, is played by Denise Dows. All right. Then she mm. did a good job, I thought. For oh. some reason, didn't make the Wikipedia cast list, which is Sounds... ridiculous. Wait, who's that? She's the the fourth scientist, the the black oh, woman. The, oh, oh, that's who you were just got it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So you yeah. love dummy cop. No, not dummy cop. Buddy dummy sure, movies. Sure. Buddy dummy cop movies. The dumber, <laughs> the better. Dummy doctors. I, yeah. So I love that pairing. That just really gets me going. And then I love like just big premises like that, you know, like this biodome. One, in 1996, a lot of environmental, you know, you know, awareness. jokes and awareness going on mm-hmm. here. Like, but no, okay. no real sense mm-hmm. that the planet is dying yet, right? Mm-hmm. No, and it's very like, I feel like, I don't know, when did Earth Day start? When did somebody say, decide that Earth Day was Earth Day? Like, this feels very like... You know, someone was like, Earth Day, what's that about? Anybody running a movie about Earth Day? I don't know. <laughs> These I don't people, know now a... they're having a day about the Earth. People are interested in the Earth and shit, you know. <laughs> so that kind of like stupid humor. And, it, you know, we can get into Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin. I feel like they have a lot of, you know, like polarizing effects on people for sure. But you got to admit, those two together, like they're on some sort of same wavelength. It's a good hair it's uh, you know we'll talk about their individual performances i'm sure 
But yeah, you're right. The chemistry between them is mm-hmm. undeniable. Which, like, were they friends in real life? I'm what... I- uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would have to imagine. So I don't feel like, I feel like it would hard be hard to get that out of like two people. Okay, you're just cast and they're both funny. Yeah. Let's go do it. Because it's so like, they're even like have this weird thing where they're like laughing at each other, doing the mm-hmm. jokes, which, you know, is makes sense because they're just dumb idiots and they think each other is like the funniest person in the world. Like they're both wrong. They're both wrong. <laughs> only together they're one funniest person in the world Mm -hmm. right and i was unclear for a long time what their relationship was i was not sure if they were brothers because there's that early flashback with mom oh the flashbacks man are so good one of their moms is trying to drown young polly shore's character Mm -hmm. Um, and she's like a like a country western woman (laughs) sure yeah i think eventually we realize that that is the Stephen Baldwin character's mom. Well, he's got a line in it where it's something where he was like, uh, my mother could never figure out like why, like, or the authorities where I came from, Mm. like, or something. So what I'm thinking is the mom was Polly Shore's mom and Stephen Baldwin like literally shows up there as a child. (laughs) I'll buy it. And raised them. So they're not brothers, brothers, but they definitely. For all intents and purposes, they are brothers yeah. closer than brothers they live together they mm-hmm. seem to sort of like swing their girlfriends in some way <laughs> and there's like definitely a lot of moments where i'm like are you two attracted to each other yeah there's there are a bunch of moments that are like um <laughs> what's going on home here? like homophobic in a funny way you know like where like oh look we almost kissed isn't that funny but there's a lot of it guys just go for it you guys are so in sync you know you're so on the same level it might Mm be the best love making you ever Mm -hmm. experience in your life right Mm -hmm. it's obviously you know you don't know until you try it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and so you always love this movie like have you seen it a bunch of times when you were younger i watched it so much when i was younger and i think a lot of those movies are because i have a brother that's six years older so Mm. a lot of the like you know definitely like dirty humor like boy movies i watched a ton of because i you know was the younger sister so i had no agency Mm. so that much like the female characters in this movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah especially the scientists who were just left out out of wikipedia they don't, don't even get a credit <laughs> do you remember the first time you ever watched it i may have seen it in theaters wow. and i can't remember if it was this or encino man yeah and encino like- man is the movie that made Polly shore famous and it made significant amount of money in the theaters which would- prompted him into making five movies concluding with by a dome that all failed progressively worse and worse in the theaters oh yeah i didn't look up like the box office or anything for this because yeah looking at his wikipedia it is like biodome is the last thing that is like a big deal that he is in and then Polly shore goes away and then it's all just like when he shows up it's just as Polly Shore <laughs> yeah in his documentaries that he produces about like Polly Shore yeah so that's interesting so Encino Man which I think is 92 I think I so think, that's only four years and you've got Encino Man Son-in-Law oh, Army. In the Army oh. Now oh, The Jury the Army Duty now. One and then Biodome 
it's a interesting encapsulation of the rise and fall of a major star, right? Like, yeah, this and guy he's pretty was a much huge the same deal. person in all of those. I did think it's interesting they have a flashback late in the movie where they're talking about sleepovers that they used to have, and they're showing like how these guys have changed, and Polly Shore's past persona is the weasel. Which, you know, is like yes. this version of Polly Shore that he <laughs> plays in Encino Man. And it was like this yep. character that he played. So, like, it's almost Polly Shore making a statement that, like, no, I'm not the weasel anymore. Mm. But I once was. Now I'm the Biodome Man. <laughs> I'm Bud. I come a long way here. I know. Is that the flashback when they're, like, uh, rubbing peanut butter on their face? And... No. That, oh, that's when they're shaving the dog. That's when William Atherton tells them, you can't do anything that you did on the outside world. And then they're shaving. Shave they're shaving dog. a dog. Yeah. And Such peanut a butter family, family guy body. move before family guy. <laughs> there was a lot of the, like, the sound effects they put in like that's another like i love watching rewatching something like that because obviously it's so dumb but at no point it's kind of, like i feel like when they were making that they were like you know it'd be kind of funny and they put all of that in you know <laughs> like usually it's like oh would it like does it really go with the it was kind of like seems like a no holds barred what is that right it is no bar you know no what holds I mean. barred. one yeah, or the other barred. they're not mm-hmm. barring any holds they're not barring mm-hmm. any all the holds, holds are allowed i'm putting all that in you know where it's it's like there's something that i kind of like about that where it's like just toss it all in the pot yeah sure we can put it like a legit gun sound when you're like doing a gun mm-hmm. motion with your hand that's cool with us why not why the fuck not they're like this is probably short fifth like let's do whatever we want so sasha you say each one after encino man did progressively worse that's what really? Wikipedia page told me. Yeah. Um, it gets worse and worse progressively for him. But he still keeps getting these movies for like a short stretch. And then finally, Biodome is a total disaster in the box office. And I think that's what like sort of ends his career. His big run. Mm-hmm. I remember liking In the Army now. I remember liking that one. I mean, I loved Encino Man, too. I remember the first time seeing that being like, oh, Brendan Fraser's kind of hot. Definitely at a young age. <laughs> I have not seen any other movies aside from this one. And I'm only familiar with Polly Shore from having worked on Robot Chicken and us trying to come up with a sketch about Polly Shore. But then basically that never made it. Uh, so uh, that was like my only like point of reference to Polly Shore. And so when I started watching this film, I was like, what is happening? And then it took me a second to get used to what exactly they're doing. Like what's happening? Just bits, 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 yeah. bits. Mm-hmm. What about you? Have you seen a bunch of these film, his I've, films? I've seen Encino Man. I've seen In the Army Now. I've flipped past Biodome. You know, I think Biodome played a lot on Comedy Central maybe when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, so I flipped past it a lot, but I never bothered to watch it. So this was my first time watching this movie, but I go into this with a fair amount of Polly Shore baggage, you know. Growing up in America in the 90s, you can't not have Polly Shore baggage, I don't think. Oh, yeah. His performance in the Army Now, from what I remember, is a little restrained. You know, he's still Polly Shore <laughs> doing Polly Shore things, but compared to like this or The Weasel, he's a little restrained because, you know, he's supposed to be more of the hero type and so i was a little surprised by how essentially stoned he is in this whole movie yeah but yeah this is my first time on biodome duty now this i actually didn't look up is this stephen baldwin's like first that's a good question like what was what's his 
arc at this point. Yeah, because it's funny, like, they would have been, like, Polly Shore obviously had, like, at this point, you know, these are, like, not hitting at the box office or whatever, I, but, like, why yeah. were they, like, pair him with Stephen Baldwin? Yeah. Right, like, people mm-hmm. knew Alec Baldwin is hot. That's why Alec Baldwin told his brother, this is the movie that will kill your career. So really? I'm guessing, yeah, so I'm told guessing in at this that, movie? Yes, for this movie. So I'm guessing Ooh. at this point, Stephen Baldwin was already having some success. Stephen since. Baldwin had been in a lot of things up to this point including the usual suspects which was 95 apparently he's in born on the fourth of july but yeah he certainly wasn't a success the way that alec was who could be uh, alec baldwin the hottest man alive at the time oh man but you know stephen baldwin never really got that big right like that's why they had to have been buddies in real life i feel like and been like okay this one we're gonna do together you well know, and Polly shore was like a child of hollywood you right. know so, uh, yeah, maybe they were friends in real life. I hope they were. And then they got to make a movie together that no one saw. And destroyed their <laughs> careers. Destroyed both their careers. <laughs> but it was worth it because we are here today talking about it. That's bring right. Bring them back. We have a Can- GoFundMe for Biodome 2 at the end of this. You're going to put the link, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll plug it. We'll save it for plugs, Kat. Sick, sick. You're directing and writing and starring as both characters. And Paul is sure he's available, right? He's in charge of the comedy store now. Did or? he take it over? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I know yeah. he, he goes to my girlfriend's gym. All right. So they're workout That's buddies. a fun tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one is that? Gold's Gym in Hollywood, right. everybody. Check it out. Kat, why do you think most people don't care for Biodome? What's not to love? Why aren't people going gaga for Biodome? You know, I'll tell you, watching it as an adult, it's uh, pretty tough watching it as a woman. (laughs) (laughs) For one. I still love this movie. I love them. And, you know, it obviously has a nostalgia factor for me as well. But I'm like, ooh, this is not great. This is not great. There's the great scene. The classic scene toward the beginning of the film where our main characters, Bud and Doyle, Doyle. don't have beds to sleep in in the biodome. And so instead they sneak into the beds of the beautiful scientists and begin fondling them. Yeah, well, I think sleep naked, too. Like, you know. One of them is naked. Yeah, and then they begin fondling them, and then women enjoy it for a second. Because how can you not, as a woman, enjoy somebody trying to... But don't to... wake up. They yeah. don't wake up, but right. they enjoy it's it. It's just that innate response to being touched mm. by a stranger in your bed. Everyone would mm-hmm. react right. that way. Right. And so then they're like, kick them out. And the two men are portrayed as like two naughty boys who were trying to like sneak and like steal like a jar of jam or something. Like they're not, <laughs> like they're not. It was boys will be boys. Boys uh, love jam. And that is Russia how they're they depicted. <laughs> Girls, not so much on the jam, but boys. Um, Yeah, well, they are the heroes of this movie, right? The movie's always on their side. They're not environmentalists. Let's put it that way. These guys don't care about the environment, though their girlfriends do. They want to pick up trash on Earth Day. They're still stupid. They're dating them, so... Yeah, at Talk no point do I, I, when I was watching the movie and Joey Lauren Adams' character is introduced and I said out loud, Joey Lauren Adams is dating Polly Shore. And, and loves him. Yeah, well, then my girlfriend Kevin said she dated Kevin Smith in real life and I was like, oh. Married him, I think. Oh, boy. But that was pretty on par, you know, for movies like that then and 
still. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, smoking These guys hot, always have the most, you know, the most beautiful women in the world are their girlfriends and their girlfriends forgive a lot. Yeah, like at the end when the scientists are like, you know, the haughty scientists who eventually like make a move on them. They, which is... Eventually these men batter the two women scientists into a form of Stockholm Syndrome where they want <laughs> oh, to, I yeah. assume, that's the oh, only plausible yeah. reading I can put on the movie, where they now want to have sex with these two men together in the same room. Mm-hmm. They tease them. They get them so hot. And then they they nag them, they peacock, and eventually, but Polly Shore, the upstanding hero of the film, realizes, oh, I have a girlfriend. Makes the noble move and after making said, out for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. Yes, actor Polly Shore certainly got to make out with Kylie Minogue for an extended period of time. Ooh. Probably did that for an entire day. Yeah, right? Did we, That's, did we get that one? No, I don't think. All right, the well, one movie yeah. that Kylie Minogue is disappointed she's ever done. That's her biggest disappointment. Wow, mm. not Street Fighter. It's she said the only movie that her father makes fun of her for. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. if I was her dad, I probably would. <laughs> but you know. It's hard out there, right? This is like her next step after Street Mm -hmm. Fighter is to go Street Fighter to Biodome. It's like she made that step and then she fell into like a hole. And then that was not a lot after that, right? Movies wise? I don't think so. This movie really might have just done it for a lot of people, actually, now that we're kind of figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, not only know. do people generally not like this movie, it's like, obviously, the, anybody trying to hire these people. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Joey Laura and Adam's career never really took off past Kevin Smith movies, right? Adam Sandler. Wasn't she, did she do a couple of Adam Sandler? Wasn't she the one in um, Big Daddy? She, that is her, right? Yeah. She's adorable. She She's is. got that baby voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, William Atherton has never, be, you know, William Atherton deserved to be the biggest star in the world. And I'd like to talk about that she, character a little bit. Oh. Uh, did he die recently? I always imagine somebody who's good is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Must be dead, right? John Singleton just lost him. Yeah, like that character, I think, is... Um, a very tragic figure. He's still alive. He's 71 years old. Well, good for him. Living in Orange, Connecticut. Good him No, sorry. That's where he was born. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope he still he lives, lives Orange. there. Orange, Connecticut. Uh, well, here's the thing. The turn of this character into a psychotic <laughs> maniac, uh, it's sort of arbitrary. They're like, it would be great to have an antagonist in this movie now, and a, we don't have one. He's so let's make it. at the beginning as like a stuck-up scientist, kind of in the same vein as his Ghostbusters character, who's like a, a stuck-up, uh, you know, like a bureaucrat. Um, he does a good stuck-up, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. And, that's uh, his thing. That's and, his, but then thing. eventually, so what we haven't talked about is most of the movie takes place, I want to say, like over the first 10 days of the Biodome, right? Mm-hmm. Like They're in the Biodome for 10 days for like the first hour and 15 minutes of the yeah, movie. Yeah. And then they find a way out. They decide to throw a there party. There was like a window. There was like a thin. They left the key in the door. There's in a the back window. door the in, the in the desert part of the dome. Uh, and they get out because the key is just there. If you don't have a key, you can just literally bust out that <laughs> tiny glass. The window is uh, the strongest material in the universe. But the back door just has a key. <laughs> But they did not bust out the window. They could not have busted True. out the window. You know, mm-hmm. that was a strong glass. It so, was just someone left the key mm-hmm. there. So they bring hundreds of people into the biodome to throw a big party in an effort to impress their environmentalist girlfriends. They are not impressed. 
Uh, they're very they're upset because they've ruined the homeostasis of the biodome. But this is one of the best parts of the movie, in my opinion. Because the party or after the party? Well, the the homeos- party, baby. <laughs> they got wax playing. That's wax, right? I don't See, know. that band? If you say so. They got so. a band in there. They got a bounce house in there. Of course, mm-hmm. they're going to throw the party in the rainforest part, you know. Sidebar like for tiki bands. Theme. Tenacious D appears in this film. Oh, yeah. Both Jack Black and Kyle Gass. The girlfriends are at a different environmental party just on a quad at Arizona Tech. They went to three environmental parties that night, in (laughs) fact. They went on a full environmental party bar hop. Rose McGowan (laughs) is throwing an environmental party. (laughs) Uh, Who shows up in like a a go-go outfit. (laughs) (laughs) She's throwing that party. These two guys realize that these are the girlfriends of the now famous Bud and Doyle. They're on TV. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, And they're like, oh, we know these girls like the environment. Let's trick them. What a men tricking women. And the women being very easily tricked. (laughs) (laughs) So these two doofuses throw a party on a quad where Tenacious D is the live entertainment. But, you know, no one knew who Tenacious D or Jack Black were in 1996. Everybody else lost their careers. After this movie, except Jack Black's career. Everyone else's careers were the sacrifice paid (laughs) to to the devil. I'm glad about it. Tenacious D rules. Yeah, High Fidelity wasn't until 2000. I feel like that's the first movie where people were like really took notice of Jack Black. Mm -hmm. Now, Cable Guy, which Jack Black is also in 1996, same year. Oh, interesting year for him. (laughs) Speaking about the party, they have this crazy outfit. They've essentially turned all the plant life in the biodome into into beautiful costumes mm-hmm. for themselves. They're carried in mm-hmm. on palanquins, yeah. Well, I appreciate uh, things like that where it's like, these two idiots, there's no way they pulled together that beautiful, you know, fruit harvest crown <laughs> and, and tiny raft. I like those things just popping in there and showing up because that's another thing where somebody was like, all right, this would be sick. We're going to have them come in, you know, like little fruit queens. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Why the fuck not? Yeah, shout-outs to the costume design by Mary Claire Hannon. Good job, girl. Yeah, so this is the moment that drives these two guys to change, right, is when their girlfriends are mad at them for ruining the Mm -hmm. dome. William Atherton's character disappears. They all assume that he left. After they, I think, handcuff him to a pole. That's right. When the party is happening, he tries to uh, stop a man from being bad to the environment and ends up getting handcuffed to a pole. I don't know how. But then they find the handcuffs and they've been chewed through. He chewed through these metal handcuffs. For signs, something's wrong with the guy. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Or There's very a impressive. better sign that something's wrong with him, which is this fascinating cross dissolve between his eyes kind of taking in the debauchery mm-hmm. of the dome. And it's a slow dissolve to the debauchery. It feels like something out of like Apocalypse Now. Mm. Just like seeing this man driven mad by mm. these two doofuses. And I couldn't help but feel bad for him. He's a tragic mm-hmm. figure. He, he just wanted to he save the planet. He put a lot into the biodome, you mm-hmm. know? And let's be honest, the moment they got into Biodome, they fucked up his entire experiment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing they did was pee in a waterfall, which threw off the homeostasis. Yeah. And then he's like, was really trying. Like, that's how it was like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to, he, he's going to make this work no matter what, because he's giving them the tour and shit, you know, like. He gives them a real chance. You yeah. Know, he wants them to fit in 
to this experiment. The man who kind of foot the bill for this whole thing, in an effort to make it seem like this wasn't an accident, is talking about how, oh, this is a, to simulate the introduction of chaos into the What's the, the name of the actor? Because I really like him, yeah, and I've seen him in a bunch a of stuff. The Burbs? I think he's in The Burbs. Um, and he's, uh... Is he in The Luck of the Irish, the Disney Channel original yes, film? Yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Dr. William Leakey, Henry Gibson. Yeah. Another one of my favorite parts of this movie is when he is talking to Bud and Doyle through that speaker through the two-way glass. He's telling them about the, like the merch that they're selling. They start doing this kind of like phone sex thing. So he, he gets out of a, out a cigarette, <laughs> like he's turned on. And then I didn't notice that. I didn't notice. Yeah, he's kind of like turned on by it. He's like this great little smile. It shows and that then these men are irresistible to women and everyone, men. Mm, right? Everyone. Yeah. And then he pulls out a cigarette like it's like, ooh, that was good. And then he has this moment where he just kind of looks down kind of like, where's this cigarette come from? And then throws it away. <laughs> and that's the type of thing where I'm like, yeah, this movie, just do whatever the fuck you want. You know, that's fun. Speaking of doing whatever the fuck they want, my favorite moment <laughs> in this film is when Stubbs, I guess, because Doyle, but right, he goes by Stubbs. Oh, that's right. They have already weird names, Bud and Doyle, but they also have nicknames Squirrel and Stubbs. Interesting that Polly Shore has kind of changed his rodent identity Whoa. by 1996. No longer is he the weasel. Now he is the squirrel. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But he's right on. He definitely would be a rodent. Like, definitely a rodent. Spirit <laughs> animal. But when Stubbs moons, like he shows his butt, right? Mm, he takes off his pants. To Dr. Leakey. Dr. Leakey. And here's what I noticed, guys. His freaking butt was taped. Taped how? What? Like the your, cheeks were taped the together? The cheeks were taped together because the way he's... To smokes, make it look tighter? tighter so there's no like a so his butthole doesn't actually so the butthole hair doesn't uh, really come out so it's like how is it so like staying together while he's definitely bending and the butthole he's is pressing like, it really against he's pressing it against and i was like dude they totally taped the butthole cheeks is it like double-sided tape in the crack or Good is question. it like tape question. tape on either side that, i honestly like, think they had across? to like, use like fucking crazy glue guys because like, it's oh, so wow. hard like you can't I can't imagine having like a double-sided tape do the oh, work. No. Steven, you have to ask your girlfriend to ask Polly, Polly Shore. Shore. Yeah, I Just will. Just that one question. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Just that one. We need to know. That's the question I'm left with. My second favorite moment of the film was when Dr. Nolan Faulkner mm-hmm. and Squirrel, a.k.a. Polly Shore, mm-hmm. flew into the like the sticky bug tape. Mm. <laughs> the glue trap sort of at one point bud and Stubbs accidentally release all of the bugs they laughed so maliciously after the entomologist guy like got upset over his experiment being destroyed and all the bugs haven't flown away hmm. but they my- do like go out of their way to kind of like hit the thing the drawers of bugs or whatever he's got right yeah they're not you know it would be possible to run around that room without knocking all the they pages just over don't strike me as innocent Hmm. Okay. Well, they're so oblivious. Well, they, they're all trying to rape those two women, so it's going to be <laughs> so hard for them oh, to strike it me. It was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they go up in the air in this jump, and they smash against the glue trap. And at that mm-hmm. moment, you can see very clearly, it's not Paula Shore, of course. It's a stuntman. <laughs> yes. And you oh can see gosh, the hair really is not even close. <laughs> because Paula Shore has such a short hair in this film. Yeah. And Except the back, which is, like, has a weird little Yeah, flip. super ugly. and Very sure, 90s. Very 90s ugly. And they like put on the stuntman 
a wig that's like short-haired wig, but because it's a wig, it just like creates more volume still. It's He's like wearing a hair helmet. Yeah, it's pretty thick. And you're like, <laughs> oh, this is the shot without polish or this is him again. Oh, no, no, no. And this is the stuntman. Like you can just see his face and everything. It's not him. And <laughs> oh like back in the day, like who cares? There's no computers to fix it. You just go whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. And in this, they were like, that was another moment where they're like, well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited to pop this back on again tonight and catch that butt tape moment yeah. and the flying wig moment. Yeah. And well, and so both of Sasha's favorite moments now come in the last act of the movie mm-hmm. where the girlfriends have expressed their distaste mm-mm, for what mm-mm. these boys did and they decide, they, no, now we will fix the environment. Yeah, and she says, you don't know me anymore, Jen. Mm. I don't know what that actress's name is. Teresa Hill. Yeah, so like they're freaking out of there mm-hmm. you know so these guys are like wait we've ruined everything let's fix it and so then they spend the next 11 months Being. the rest of the time and who doesn't love a montage where they go through every holiday <laughs> what would you do if you're in the biodome on each holiday you know oh. that's fun but do we see ones other than Halloween and Christmas? But those are the most important New holidays. Year's. So they, they've teamed up with the four remaining scientists to, you know, fix the homeostasis of the dome. Also because Stephen Baldwin has swallowed the key to the back door. So oh, they yeah. just can't get out. Because I oh, guess and it's... this is a really good bit, too, where he's about to swallow the key. They do that big buildup, and then that yeah. deadbeat stepdad's still in there. That is the <laughs> maybe the only moment in the movie where I laughed out loud. So Taylor Negron plays Joey Lauren Adams' stepdad or his or her mother's boyfriend or something. Who's and he's the worst person he, in the world. He's he like just sits w- on the couch all day watching TV. Such a weird, creepy character. He's wearing, Super creepy. He's wearing diapers because he injured himself rollerblading. And he doesn't want to get uh, up really. Uh, he right. eventually gets a job as a pizza delivery guy, but he's just kind of. He calls her a slut multiple oh, times. Oh, and he clearly which, wants to. At this point, we're just, <laughs> you know. Sure. At this point, calling a woman a slut fits right movie, in with the rest of the movie. And that movie doesn't seem weird, you know. <laughs> he clearly wants to have sex with this girl. Not okay, but. You know. um, but yeah, he is the source of the funniest moment in the movie where Polly Shore is counting down to when Stephen Baldwin is going to swallow this key. And only when he gets to two is this character, Russell, like, oh, wait, I want to get out. And he like pops out of a bush and gets out. And so, yeah, they spend the next 11 months fixing the biodome. They don't realize William Atherton is still in there, kind of in the pipe work, mm-hmm. um, building bombs and bombs. eating a parrot. And, uh, yeah, eventually the film ends with them finding him underground. He tricks them into putting bombs all over the biodome. When they drop one of the bombs, the coconut explodes. And they were just shown holding the coconut with, like, wires attached to it. So it's funny when it blows up, there's this line that made me laugh out loud which was that's not ordinary coconut you were just fucking holding this wired coconut of course it wasn't but it was so like just such a perfect like comedy moment that's great that's Mm -hmm. evidence that there's a reason these guys were in this movie right there's a reason that studios wanted to make movies around these guys they have something and 15 million Mm dollars like now it's super low budget uh, oh yeah that's nothing right but at the time it was like a medium budget movie and I think it m- yeah. ended up making seventeen million. They Success. Didn't... <laughs> <laughs> Two million dollars. This actually made thirteen million. Oh. So I got that information from 
Box Office Mojo, which is a great source for box office results. We're not They're sponsoring the We're... podcast <laughs> this week. Uh, cool. Another thing that I like about Box Office Mojo is like it lists the categories that a movie fits in. And the only one listed for this is Environmentalist. This person who wrote that never seen this movie. This is the yeah. 25th highest grossing environmentalist movie. Would Avatar be a um, environmentalist? Avatar is movie? number one. Dude, you freaking killed it. You did it. It is number one? It's number one on the list. Avatar 2 to come out in 2022 <laughs> is probably. Right. Avatars 2, 3, 4, and 5 will be 2, 3, 4, and 5 on the list. What do you think number two is right now? Well, I'm guessing it's um it's another like a giant blockbuster, but it's just I realized that, that it's, it's also uh, an environmentalist movie. Kind of, kind of. This one is more focused Fern on the Gully. environment than you. It's not Fern Gully, but that, you know, that's a good guess. Fern Gully must be on this list. No, number kids two. Kids movie? It is a kids movie. Bugs Life. <laughs> Not a Bugs Life, but you're in the right ballpark. Mm. Right studio, wrong movie. Mm. <laughs> is this fun for listeners? I don't know. No. What's okay, another Pixar movie that's about how the planet is dead? Oh, Wally. Wally. Oh, guys. Nice. I think about those fat little cruise people in their rocker in their chairs. chairs. Like, Anytime oh, I sit in a chair. That's the life I want to lead. Especially when I am sitting with a big gulp in a chair, you know? Which they is all the time. Yeah. You mean a bladder buster, I think. A bladder buster. Uh, which is what they call them in the movie Biodome. What yeah. about Idiocracy? Is that on it? That's a good question. Uh, but that can't have made much money either, right? Isn't no, that like... it's a cult movie that didn't make no. any money. Mm-hmm. I'll say Fern Gully is number 17. All right. Yeah, um, Aaron Brockovich, number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idiocracy is not jumping out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking through the list. Yeah, maybe it's not an environmentalist movie. I feel like it should be. Let me look up Idiocracy and see what its genres are listed as. I love as. this tangent. We usually don't do them. <laughs> I like this site. I'm going to cruise around on there later. Yeah, it's a good way to waste a few hours, TBH. Idiocracy is listed as a sci-fi comedy. They're not wrong. And it is 60th on that list. You guys want to guess number one on this one? Yeah, go ahead. Sci-fi comedy? Sci-fi comedy. Spaceballs. It's not Spaceballs. I'm I'm so sorry. Spaceballs is number 18. Howard the Duck. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Sci-fi comedy. Sci-fi comedy. Sci-fi, think Aliens. Alien. Mars Attacks. No. God, that <laughs> also movie a is famous great. Flop. I like Mars Attacks quite a bit, yeah. Uh, funny movie with aliens in it. Coneheads. No, it's Men in Black. Oh, uh, duh. In fact, numbers one, Ooh. two, and three on this list are the three Men in Black movies. So to get back on track, Sasha, what did you think of Biodome? And yeah, let's try and find a scale to rate this movie on. I'm trying to think of another stupid film that I admire that would go on the 10. It's like MacGruber, I think, is like the epitome of this type of movie for me, which is like a, a dumb, very like impossibly dumb character uh, in a real world environment, like trying to be an expert or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And if MacGruber is a 10, which it is, you know, I Ooh. named a cat after it. I'm going to have to say this is a three. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, this movie is going to live and die based on whether you are buying what Shore and Baldwin are selling. Mm-hmm. And I was, I just was not. There's a couple parts in it because, like, I love that, you know, obviously love their dynamic. But um, definitely some parts in there that I, I definitely was like a little... <gasps> 
Like when he scratches his balls and stuff. It's difficult parts. It just seems, it almost seems like we are getting an unfiltered view into the minds of these two men, right? Like we are seeing like a raw, uncut feed of what Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin were thinking and feeling at all times. Absolutely. And um, I did not enjoy that. <laughs> and that scared me. I unsubscribe <laughs> from that, you know? And if you're not on board with the two of them, that is the movie, right? Like, I love William Atherton. I think he's trying to, you know, play this part the best that he can. Mm-hmm. You know, once they put that fake beard on him in the end of the film, there's not really much he can do anymore. I'm just trying to think, like, uh, TV shows. Like, is Danny McBride character, like, somewhere? Like, Danny McBride's characters are more... Ego and, like, and, a douche. And, and full of antipathy, right? Like, yeah. they're hateful. Mm-hmm. But if that's the closest you can get, I think, you know, you can use that as a I mean, I think I can gauge where this movie would be on like this comedy scale. And I think for me, it's four. Okay. Just under neutral, which is pretty surprising because I started off just like hating it the first few minutes as I was getting used to the tone and of it. And they really like, they do not give you a second to like dip your toe into the two of them because from the very first moment they're on screen, they are uh, abusing each other physically and doing their crazy stone mind milled thing. Yeah, stone so, mind milled. So yeah, it is kind of like a splash of cold water right in your face at the beginning of the movie. So the fact that it grew on me over the course of the movie i'm actually like pretty impressed that like it did get to four from like i don't know one or two wow so you had stockholm syndrome just like, <laughs> just like the, the two scientists. Yes, it's <laughs> you could see how the if you spent if you spent a full year in a dome with them oh that's a good question yeah. <laughs> could again, you spend a year in a dome with these two guys again to me this is not a good movie but it is a comedy that is absolutely 100 percent aware of every single thing it's doing i give a lot of credit to the genre of like we're just gonna fucking do it and we're gonna make fun of ourselves for doing it and we're never gonna pretend that we're doing something different and And so it's too dumb it knows what it's trying to do yeah and so to me like i just respect that for the pure comedy of it to me maybe it is something like adult swimmy language of it with tv shows that i normally watch where there's a lot of jizz and like dumb jokes but like it's also very like honest and even though there are moments that i hate it especially like the rapey scene and things like that i still overall like the down-to-earth vibe of this film what about you cat where does it stand for you so this type of movie obviously is kind of my jam like i love all these like really silly kind of buddy comedy like you know we talked about dude where's my car earlier night at the roxbury would be like kind of the height of this for me Mm. so this to me like in all of those because i love them so much would maybe be a five and all that but i love all of them so those and all the genres kind of my top genre you know so it's a five relative to other movies in that type (laughs) <laughs> but you're saying the genre itself. How much do you love this movie? Like, <laughs> 10 you love it, and 1 you hate it. Eight. Okay, that's love right there. Yeah. So, and, and this is what I, I, will, I will say is my like little caveat here, is because, you know, what we've talked about, I, I love this movie. I feel like what I don't see anymore is that kind of just like shameless silliness that I really appreciate, you know? And it's sure. of course... Because studios aren't willing to like, shell out money for people to make that because it's, it's gonna, and i don't it's blame gonna, them yeah. yeah 
you know so it's but it's a thing that I like to keep in mind like and especially like women have never gotten a chance to do this like to be this weird as a duo you Mm. know it's like the only you know female duo I think that could come maybe anywhere close to (laughs) is maybe Romeo and Michelle right Mm -hmm. like Mm. but they are still like kind of self aware you know they're because they're, they want to impress people like there's no you say like the broad city maybe? broad city would be the yeah another like yes and yet broad city like abby is a lot more grounded than alana she's right. very neurotic yeah. and relatable yeah. right and, these guys are not self-aware mm-mm. in any mm-mm. the characters mm-mm. Are, have no mm-mm. self mm-mm. although i don't know like i feel like i don't know if it's in the script or not or just in his performance but at times i do feel like Polly shore is playing the character with a wink. There are moments in Polly Shore's performance where I see, like, aren't these guys dumb? That, like, Stephen Baldwin has none of that. You know, the amazing thing about Stephen Baldwin is how can he do that thing where his eyes kind of look like they're, <laughs> like, incredible. half, like, his eyes are always half open. It's like, what is he thinking slash not thinking? It's is he meditating? So I also have to give props to Polly Shore for doing some good yoga moves as a yoga mm. person. That is a plot point in the film is that he's very flexible because he does yoga. Joey Lauren Adams is very impressed that he can lick his back. Uh, and that is brought up multiple times. Yes, that is multiple. brought up multiple times. The girl knows what she wants. Good and true. Get it, girl. Get it. Well, and I'm sure there was a lot of improv on the set, right? Like Polly Shore just being like, all right, I'm going to I'm just going to go. And mm-hmm. he's For all sure, of a sudden yeah. he's on the floor putting his leg behind his head. And... I also have to say that the reason this type of movie doesn't get made these days is because it could be an animated movie or TV show. That's a good point. And I think people just generally like to like, well, one, like more relatable things now. It seems to be like that's like kind of comforts people more now where before it was like, you know, okay to be like, Oh yeah, this is like super dumb, and I like now I feel like if this was a movie, people would be like um kind of like ashamed to like laugh out loud at it, you know, because mm. it's like so dumb. They would be like, oh yeah, I don't think that's funny. I'm too like. It would I just go directly that. to video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Biodome <laughs> two, Biodome two will go to theaters. 2013 is when Pauly Shore was talking about sequel oh. to Biodome. <gasps> to Biodome. Biodome does Ooh. end with so they get out of the dome. Mm-hmm. William Atherton's plot to blow up the dome and everyone in it has been foiled. But, oh boy, Stephen Baldwin's character needs to pee again. And he can't cork it, as no, they say. He cannot cork it. And so they pull into a, an energy factory, is how they describe it, mm-hmm. which it looks like it's a nuclear mm-hmm. uh, energy plant. And it's implied these guys are going to get into Ooh. another situation. Where are they going to go next? But this time their girlfriends are in the car. Yeah, so maybe they get stuck inside a like a... A nuclear reactor and they slowly die of radiation exposure. It's a long drama. <laughs> Kat, thank you oh. so much for being here today. Thank you for showing us Biodome. I would have thank never watched it if not for you. So yeah, I don't think you can't unsee it. No. You know? My eyes will forever have the burned image of Stephen Baldwin's taped together butt cheeks. Kat, yeah. would you like to plug anything? Check out Queen America. It's on Facebook Watch. Great. Um, it's an awesome show. It's kind of a dark comedy about um, uh, beauty pageants, middle of America. Is really fun, really smart. And, just um, like Biodome. Just like Biodome, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for our artwork. Mm, thank you, Andrew Hayworth, for our theme music. Thank you, Jay Hunter, for production support. And, and we'll... thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.